Well, let's have a look who's here. All right, I'll make note of missing names for you, Bev. You'll be all right. Morning, how are you all? Well, well, it's been a while since I've spoken to you, and um, I'm thrilled to be here this morning and very humble, as always, to be able to address my fellowship and uh, my friends and um, people who stood by me and hopefully I've stood by you. Let's just have a word of prayer, shall we? Well, Father, we wait in anticipation, not of me speaking, Lord, but of the words that you've given us that you want us to hear. The guidance, Lord, you have for us and the abundant life you intend for us, Lord, as we follow you all the days of our lives. And sometimes, Lord, we know it can be a bit tricky. Things happen, things go wrong. Our faith wanes, but you're always there. We thank you for that, Lord. And we pray your blessing upon us all. Amen. It was interesting actually following Terry this morning. Um, actually, I follow you quite a lot in places. I go places to speak. Terry was here last week. And I go, oh, right, you see, so I'm having to follow big footsteps. But um, I was thinking about you as we were praying and you sort of made your way up there. I was thinking about the guys who were away. And I suddenly thought about the agenda because like you, Bev, I had to look online to see what it was all about. And I saw all these activities and I thought, oh, I'm a bit too old for that now. And I thought about you, Terry, being in my house group. I don't think we'd have made it. But did you see they do walking football? Yeah. <laughs> walking football. I think I could manage that somehow. But we do miss these guys when they're away and they are a credit to their Lord. And I think a credit to this fellowship as well. Because they represent us wherever they are, as we all do wherever we go. You sort of sold my thunder, Terry. This is what bothers me, you see. But I should say that, but instead I'm going to say, you've led us in to a place where I want us to go this morning. And that's thinking about the very presence of God. My wife, Teresa, who most of you know, sits up the back there wondering, oh no, he's not going to say that, is he? But I'm not. I'm just going to say this. She has a saying that she uses when we talk about, in particular, fellowship, and we talk about pastoral care. And often as she's going to meet somebody, she will say, I must always remember not to try and take people where I've not been myself. And I used to have some sort of doubts about that. I think, well, you know, if the Bible is directing you somewhere, you may not have been that, in that place yourself, but why can't you still go there? But as time has gone on, I've realized she's quite right. You see, you can come up here and use this platform. You can speak about things. You can create your own agenda for whatever reason it is. But God needs to bless what you're saying. And that's what I pray for this morning, that God will bless what I've got to say to you. I want to share something with you very briefly. It's not a testimony, really. It's just something that has been happening over the last number of months, which has actually come to the end now. But during the time that it was happening... I wasn't in a great place. Been through a lot of illness over the last few years, and one thing and another, bad back, you name it. Got through all that. God has brought me through it. Terry mentioned this morning the terrible things that are happening in the Ukraine. I think we'd all agree with him. There are some terrible things happening there. But about oh, two or three weeks into the conflict, I don't remember the exact time. I, I, I'm not very good at remembering dates and time now. All I remember is the occasion. 
I was watching the television and they were showing a newsreel of a young woman, probably in her late 20s, and her husband running into a hospital with a small child. I found out this child was 18 months old. They'd been minding their own business, so to speak, getting on with their everyday lives as a family in their apartment, and a missile had hit the building, and the child had been injured. And like any parent would do, they screamed, they ran out of the house with the child in hand and ran to the nearest hospital. They didn't even have a vehicle. The people in the hospital took the child and ran into the surgery. And the film crew stood there with them. There was a cut in the film, and then it came back on after a little while. And it showed you the moment that a Ukrainian doctor had to say to these people, this young couple, your child has died. And this poor young woman fell to the ground, weeping, as did her husband, as he tried to cover her in his arms and comfort her the best he could, knowing he was probably just as devastated. And at that moment, I sat there and said, God, where are you? Where are you in this mess? Why didn't you stop that missile from hitting that building? Why do you let this go on? Why do you let a man like Putin, I'm sorry if I'm getting political, why do you let a man like that cause all this devastation through his own ego and need for power? Why? Why? Where are you? And at that moment, something happened to me. I lost my faith. I completely lost my faith. I said to Teresa, I just don't believe he's there. I don't believe he exists. He doesn't answer prayer. He's not protecting people. All these promises he makes, it just has not happened and isn't happening. And I railed and I railed and I railed and I railed. I was angry. And I was hurt. Don't tell me some of you haven't been in that place in your lives. If you haven't, bless you and thank you. I'm so glad that God has blessed you so you didn't have to go there. It is a horrible place to be. And I walked around the house and around here. I came in this building and I sat at the back and I couldn't sing. I couldn't pray. I didn't care what Tom said or anybody else. I didn't want to know anything. People offered to pray for my back and I turned them away. I'd said to one person, a very dear friend, I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe it's going to help. So no thanks. And they were shocked. It was a horrible time to think it's still going on. And in many other places in the world, these things are going on as well. I wept. I went up to my room and I wept for that child and that couple. I just imagined, what if it was my granddaughter? How would I have felt? Could I have actually felt any worse than I did at that moment? Could I have felt any more deserted? than I did at that moment? Could I felt any more angry and frustrated than I did at that moment? I don't know. Well, looking back, it's hard to think I could have ever felt so low, so down, so disappointed. And one Sunday I came to church and I was in that place, in that place. And at the end of the service, I said, Therese, let's go. No coffee today. I need to go home. 
We walked out the door, I went to the car, and there was a knock on the car window. And a man stood there. And he said, are you all right? I went, no, I'm not. What's the matter? And I told him. I let it all out. And this man just gave me a big hug. Nigel Lee, my friend, my very good friend, a man of God. Nigel Lee sought me out in the car park because he saw something. God revealed something to him at that moment about where I was in my life. And he gave me a hug. And he prayed for me. And he said, let's talk. You know, at times like that, or any time when we're desperate, when we're down, when we feel a long way from God, let me tell you this. Do not run away from your brothers and sisters. You need them more than ever. Never believe otherwise. Never believe otherwise, please. We need their prayers. We need the arm around us. We need their comfort. We just need to feel them near us. Because our lives feel so empty at that moment. And Nigel and I spoke. And Nigel doesn't give advice. He just helps you find a way forward. I'll bless that man. He's not here this morning, is he? Now his wife's had a hip operation and still recovering. I wish he was here. But what he did, he told me one thing. You need to get back to the Lord through the Scriptures. Back to the Scriptures. Back to the truth. Because that's the only thing, the truth, that's going to move you forward here. Not what I've got to say to you, but what the Holy Scriptures have got to say. And he pointed me in the direction. Now I found out over the years that Nigel and I become friends, you don't say no to Nigel. Not if you've got any sense. Because he always talks good sense to me. So I went back and I started to explore the Scriptures. And I prayed and prayed to a God at the time I thought was nowhere to be found. Needless to say, I wouldn't be standing here now speaking to you this morning if I hadn't found him. In fact, he hadn't gone very far. He was right there and there, everywhere. You see, God was always there. He's always everywhere. He hadn't left me. I was running away from him because of my own feelings about things. Maybe fully justified. Who knows? So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about God being with us, always being with us. And so that if nothing more, after I've spoken to you this morning, you leave here today with confidence and assurance that you are never ever on your own. That God, our God in heaven, our creator, our savior through Jesus Christ is with you all the time, constantly. 24-7, from the moment you were born and before and to the moment you die and afterwards, if you believe on Jesus, he will be with you. But if you ever get to that point where you doubt it, come and give me a look. Or indeed anybody else in the fellowship for that matter. Because I think we would all be in the same place. We'd be full of love, concern and care for you. You're not on your own. That's what this church is about, isn't it? People will come. People will go. It's the way of the world. Some of us have fixtures. You know, we'll be here forever probably. 
Things changed. God never changes. God never changed. Let's read some scripture, shall we? I want to have a look at um, one, uh, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 31. If you've got your Bibles, great. Have we got that coming up there? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 8. Not to worry. Get your ears into gear and I will read to you. This is a passage about the time when Joshua is about to succeed Moses. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land, Joshua. Also, you will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said he would do. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give him them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. 2022, an ordinary Christian, me, has this dreadful lapse in faith of God, a belief that he's actually not with me anymore, and he isn't anywhere, actually. Yet we see right from the very beginning, God had a need to assure his people that he was going to be with them. He knows our frailties. He knows our weaknesses. The people back then had just the same. They had worries, concerns. So God, through Moses, spoke to the Israelites and he spoke to Joshua and assured them, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And specifically, Joshua, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid do not be discouraged. Powerful, isn't it? Comforting as well to think it happened thousands of years ago. That the people, God's people then, were just as fragile as we are. Had the same human emotions, human concerns, fears, worries that we have. Probably even more, considering most of us live a pretty good life by and large, compared to the people back then. But I want us to look at a couple of things, because I think it's so important. You see, I can stand here and read, or you can go home and read those verses 6 and 8, where it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And further down it also says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Now, I was really interested. These lines are repeated. And I kept thinking, why? Why is it so important to repeat them? Because they are powerful reminders of who God is and where he sits within your life, my life, and the life of Moses and Joshua. I looked this up. The Greek word for leave is aniemi. I hope I pronounced that right, if there are any Greek scholars here. Aniemi. And this is what it means. To send back, let go, relax, loosen, give up, or desist from. Can you imagine God doing that to us? Leaving us when he promises not to? He promises, I will never send you back where you came from. He was promising the Israelites, I'm not going to send you back. I'll never leave you. Never send you back. I'll never let you go. I'll never relax while I'm with you. I'm attentive 24-7 every day of your life to your needs and to what's going on in this world. I'm not going to loosen up. Get casual, laissez-faire about it. This is serious business. It's not going to happen. And I'm not going to abandon you or desist. Those are not words in my vocabulary. This is what God's saying. I will not leave you. And then he says, I will not forsake you. And again, looking at the Greek, and forgive me of my pronunciation, Egla Talipo. And it means to leave behind. And this is even worse, to abandon or to desert. To desert. What God is saying is, I will never do those things to you. I'm not going to abandon you. Why would you think that? I am your God. I created you. I forgot those things. In my pain, in my ignorance, even within my ego, because it became all about me and how I felt about everything, I forgot the promise of God. The very promise that he would never leave me, nor forsake me. He would never abandon me. He would never desist from having anything to do with me and looking after me. And that applies to every one of you. But some of you this morning may be sitting there not really being able to believe that at the moment. There could be things going on in your life. A bereavement perhaps. And you're wondering why. An illness. Why me or why my friend? Plans for the future that you were very clear about God laid down for you. But they're not yet happening. Do you know what I found out as I was studying this? Something I didn't find out. I, I've studied Paul, like all of you, for many, many, many years. And somehow, isn't it, isn't it always the same? In between the lines, I missed something, which was really, really important. And it was this, that after his conversion, we sort of read on, don't we, about Paul? And we imagine he goes and he rests and he can see again and he's straight out there and he's doing all the work of God. Wrong. It didn't happen. He must have thought it was going to happen. He must have thought, I wouldn't have this experience that I've had if God wasn't going to really use me, and usually mightily, and we know he did. Do you know it was 13 years before that happened? After the event on Damascus Road? He spent the next three years after that wandering around Arabia. There's no record of what he did, but it does say wandering, which means often trailing around with no real purpose, just wandering around. He then went back to Israel to get permission, if you like, and to talk to the leaders, the whole set of leaders of the new Christian movement, and he only managed to see James, Jesus' brother. And he didn't have the authority to give him a commission. So what did he do? He wandered around for another 13 years. 
And the next time he went back, they had their differences. But those leaders could see this man, Paul. And you can understand why they didn't want to see him after what he did before he became a Christian. This man, Paul, was truly called by God to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And he was commissioned. 13 years. I wonder what he was thinking in 13 years. What was that about on the Damascus Road? What did anything really happen to me? Here I am wandering around the desert. God, where are you in all of this? 13 years. And we look back in the Bible at times when people have doubted. You look at the Psalms, the times that David says, where are you? Where are you in all of this? You look at some of the other prophets. They themselves call out to God, show yourself. Moses himself, wandering around in the desert for 40 years, must have wondered, you know, even though he was communing with God at times, was God really there? Because where are we going? Nowhere, we're just wandering around. Incredible, isn't it? David, oh, he had his doubts. He even says there quite clearly at times, he didn't follow the Lord. He gave up on the Lord. But the Lord never gave up on him. He never gave up on Moses. He never gave up on Joshua. He never gave up on any of the prophets. He never gave up on Paul. He never gave up on the disciples. And Peter, my goodness, three times he denied his Lord. But he didn't. He made him the rock of the church. Never gave up on him. And my friends, he never gives up on us. Please believe that. Even if you're in that place today, where you feel God is a long way away from where you're at in your life, and with what's going on. He is not. He is right beside you. And I used to poo-hoo this when people said it to me, all in God's time. All in God's time. Yeah, but the need is now. But my friends, I've had to come to terms with the fact, accept the fact, and have faith that God knows best. And it will be in his time. God knows best. So how do we respond to that moment, thankfully, that if we call out to God, if we seek him, he will show himself. How should we respond thereafter? Well, I think there's only three ways we can respond. The first one has to be with great thankfulness. Great thankfulness. I made a little note here, which I thought was really important. And um, once I'd made it, I then suddenly wondered whether it was, but I still think it is. In Psalm 103, verse 2, it says, Praise the Lord my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We need to be thankful to God for being with us. We need to come back from that place of doubt that he's here, that he's working. And remember, it's his time, because it's his world, and we're his people. So when you're afraid, I want you to remember this, that God will never leave you or forsake you. When you're alone, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. When you face trials and tribulations, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. doesn't matter where you go. When you lose loved ones, he will not leave you or forsake you. When everyone else appears to be deserting you and you really feel on your own, God will never leave you or forsake you. And on that day when we take our last breath, God will not leave us or forsake us. We have a glorious future with him in eternity. He's promised us that. Why would he then desert us? 
But you know, we can be pretty stupid at times, can't we? We can be stubborn. We can be difficult. We can stop listening to our friends here in this fellowship or away who've only got our best interest at heart and we stop listening to them. But when we stop listening to God, we really got a problem. When we stop believing that he's there for us, we really have a problem. So we should be thankful at all times for the wonderful benefits he brings into your life. It gave me an opportunity after a week or so to rethink my life, the journey I've been on. I was coming up to my 70th birthday. Good time to do a little bit of reflection. And I look back on the difficult things that had happened over time. I won't bore you by going through them all. Times of trouble, times of worry, times of sickness, and times of health. And all I could think about is where I stand now. Healthy, with God, and hopefully a good bit wiser. That's all I can hope for, day by day. My health stands up, I'm with God, and every day I grow a little bit wiser in His ways. I can be thankful for that. How else should we respond? Well, without a shadow of a doubt, we should respond through worship. You see, if we've got this God who never deserts us, who does everything for us and will be there right till the very end, doesn't he at least deserve our worship? And forgive me, I'm not just talking about the singing. Oh, it was beautiful this morning. I enjoyed it immensely. And I was blessed by it. I'm talking about worship with everything that we do. In the marriage vows, it says, I will worship you with my body. What it's talking about is I will give you everything. I am everything for you and to you. Because God has commanded it. And I will worship you. Because you are God's creation. And he's given you to me and me to you as husband and wife. We worship in that sense. But we worship God in an even greater way than that. Because we're going to be worshiping from the moment we're born and become Christians, right the way till we die and thereafter. We are always going to be worshipping Him. What that looks like, I don't know. Some people say that, you know, we'll be up in heaven singing songs forever. Your voice is going to go. We're going to be up there singing songs, playing instruments, having such a great time. I wouldn't mind five minutes peace and quiet just talking to Jesus and asking Him a few questions, really. I don't know what it's going to look like, nor do you. But it's going to be wonderful. And we will be able to worship him there. There's no point in waiting until we get there to start the worship. Let's be doing it now. Let's be doing it now. Show him our thankfulness through our worship. And the final thing, and the way we should respond, particularly after this morning, because that's what I would love you to do, is that you walk out of that door after you've had your coffee or beforehand, whichever is the case, and as you walk out that door, you hold your head up high with the confidence that God is walking alongside of you. We bow to God, no one else, nothing else. We obey the law, yes. But we should be walking through this world with our head held up, giving all the praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that he's with us every step of the way, and we, as he said, are going to achieve even more than those disciples did and more than he did in his time. Are we doing that? I don't know. You have to decide for yourself. All I know is after these last few months, that's what I want to do.
I want to have the confidence of Jesus Christ within me and the power of the Holy Spirit to do his bidding. And if I fail, or if I start being an idiot, like I sometimes can be, for goodness sake, pick me up on it and tell me. Bev? <laughs> Thank you. You know, because if I carry on like that, doing that thing, and start drifting away, I am no good to anyone. I'm no good to you, and I'm no good to the Lord Jesus Christ. I need you. And I need the Lord. Let's have confidence, people. I'm going to be a bit bold and a bit blunt now. We've been through a lot of change here in the church. God, don't half miss Mark. You know, he, I used to love winding him up. But um, I really miss him. And I know Jenny and the kids as well. Things have changed, haven't they? We've got Tom now and family. And, and we've had some people leave the church. And I miss them. I'm sorry to see them go. And we've had new people coming in. And that's great. We are alive and vibrant. I thought about this as I was sitting there this morning. Because I kept thinking, are we hemorrhaging? Are we hemorrhaging? Well, where are we going? But if we have God with us, we're only going in the right direction. So let's be confident about it. If you have any doubts at all after the COVID and all the changes about your faith and the purpose of this church and where this church is going, may they leave you right now. I pray over you that it will leave you now. And you'll walk out of here with confidence that this is where God resides amongst his people. And there is room for everyone. Let's have confidence. Well, my back's playing me up a bit. <laughs> and I think I'm going to stop. I have reached a conclusion. Let me just remind you one more time. This comes from Hebrews verses, uh, sorry, chapter 13, verse 5. And I've taken this from the Amplified Bible. Those of you who remember our pastor of a year or two back, James, he loved using the Amplified Bible. Uh, I couldn't get my head around it at first, but I have done gradually over a period of time because it adds words to give it more meaning. So let me read to you what it says in Hebrews 13, 5. The last words this morning, except for my prayer, which is coming after this, should be, the words of God. And 13.5 says this, For he has said, I will never, under any circumstances, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax. My hold on you is assured. My hold on you is assured. Let's pray. And I'm going to pray for strength and courage for each one of us. Father, when you're not strong, when we're not strong, you are. And Lord, when uh, we're weak, you carry us through. Lord, if we've got any courage at all, it has to be rooted in your strength. And that, Lord, will take away our anxieties. And we lift up to you, Lord, our plea for more of your strength and a peace. That peace that transcends all understanding. Father, it's hard to live at peace in this world and this side of heaven. Strength and courage are sometimes hard to find in short supply. So we ask us, Lord, right now, each one of us here, that you fill us 
with your presence, your purpose, and a yearning for your will to come to pass in our lives. Thank you for loving us, for leading us, and calling us home. For each day, Lord, we're a step closer. And thank you for reminding us through your word, Lord, that you will never, 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 ever leave us. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Worship group are going to come back up and uh, lead us in our last song, which um, I hope really epitomizes some of what I've said this morning. And then Bev is going to finish off this morning with a blessing.